Hey, you motherfuckers out there in podcast land, this is The Jukes, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio. Thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. Honored, of course, that you would choose to spend your time in isolation with some random jack-off from some random part of the universe who talks to random people about random stuff. Definitely appreciate it. And today, as your special reward for being such good little minions, I've got another awesome conversation for you to check out with someone else who likes to have random conversations with random people about random things. Consider yourselves blessed. You're in for a full-on earhole assault. So today's guest, Justin Juice Wallace, is, like me, a podcaster. But unlike me, he's actually got his shit together. He's a busy motherfucker. And in addition to podcasting, he also sings in a band called Handsome Prick. Now, I know what you're thinking. What a conceited motherfucker to name a band after himself. I thought the same thing. But we're wrong. It's not named after him at all. Obviously, because he's not handsome, and that rules him out right there. Just kidding, Juice. You're a sexy, sexy beast. But the fact remains, you're going to have to listen to see who the band is named after. And along the way, you'll learn the origin of the band, the idea behind their intense brand of grindcore, his love for pro wrestling, and the catalyst for him starting an entire show dedicated to it. And then, as if that wasn't enough, we discuss what led to him creating his second show to explore his various other interests. This is a dude of many talents who's got some big plans, and I'm stoked that after several months of talking about doing this, we were finally able to make things happen. So finish wiping your ass with bath towels, stop sanitizing your special place, and plop your quarantined ass down on your naughty anime-themed beanbag chair and check this out. All right, welcome back to Misery Point Radio. Please welcome to the show from Handsome Prick, Juice Pro Wrestling, and JP Dub Podcast, Justin Juice Wallace. Thanks for joining me, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm ready to rock and roll in this motherfucker. <laughs> I know. It's been a long time we've been talking about doing this. Uh, shout yeah. out also to our mutual friend, Mr. Steve Joyner, for doing what you do and getting people together. Appreciate that, brother. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. I mean, you're you're a busy dude. You got a lot of projects going on. You got tons of creative things happening, lots of different concepts, some new stuff kind of coming down the pike. So I guess first, let's just start it off. Let's talk about the prick. Handsome prick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about the prick, not your prick. Uh, Tell me the story. What is handsome prick? How did it get started? What's going on with the band? Um, well, basically, Handsome Prick stems back to uh, a band we used to be in um, way back in the day, and I came into involvement with these guys, a uh, band known as Decrypt, uh, back in 2004. Um, you know, we rocked it for a long time with that band. Uh, our drummer, Brad Vanderzee, who's like the brainchild, I mean, he writes like pretty much all the shit. Um, he was out of the band. He had a little exodus there for a second, and then went and formed a band called Moisten Disciples, which I also ended up joining. And uh, he did that, I want to say, man, that was around uh, 2005. Um, 
him and our ex-singer from Decrypt, Zach Gaja, recorded an album, the Stop Praying No One's Listening album, which wouldn't see the light of day until we put it out like five years ago. Okay. Um, we put it out ourselves, so you guys could check that out on Bandcamp. But uh, And then Brad came back to Decrypt, and uh, around 2010, we, I mean, we were killing shit till around then, um, and it just kind of it dissolved. Brad had moved out to California and uh, formed a, a band with uh, Neil Burkdahl, who was also in uh, Dirty Dead. He was a guy from around here. And for those of you out there that are old Decrypt fans, remember the split with Stump. He was also the guitar and vocals for the band Stump. Um, they formed a band called uh, Point of Our Resistance, a.k.a. Poor, out in California and dropped a record out there in 2012. And uh, Brad came back and was looking to get something going again. And uh, Handsome Prick, man, it, just, it started out. Um, we were doing, well, we started doing Moistened again is what it was. And that's when we went and... Uh, Got the album, dug it out from the archives, and uh, actually threw some. I did some new vocals at uh, Brad's house for like some. I you call them demo tracks, whatever we call them. Uh, it's like the golden age of insertion. It's part two of uh, Stop Praying, No One's Listening. Okay. Um. So we recorded that shit and got the album together and finally put it out. Like damn near ten years after it had been recorded and. Uh, Okay, we did that ourselves, so that's, you know, out of all of our stuff, I would say that's probably the rarest record to find. Um, like I said, no album was behind that, and it wasn't, we didn't really mass produce it. Uh, but around that time, too, our guitar player, Zach Gaja, who used to be the vocalist for Decrypt, he's the guy you hear on, like, Holy Erotic okay. and uh, Armageddon, um, one of my best friends. Uh, he had moved down uh, a few hours south, and it was kind of like, well, what the fuck do we do? You know, we both want to play, and, you know, they, Brad had started this other band because the kid's just a machine, and he's constantly writing. I mean, if you've heard this stuff and, you know, all these other bands he does, and he does his own solo shit called The Pink Machines. I mean, it's just amazing stuff, and it's he just fucking bleeds this shit out of his fingertips, man. Um, he, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, like, I guess they were talking in Handsome Prick, like, oh, we need a vocalist, we need a vocalist. He's like, I know somebody who does brutal vocals. And uh, he asked me, and I was like, fuck yeah. We started, uh, so we started slaying it around, I want to say like 2016. It's 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 been a while now. Um, yeah, and uh, instantly got the first album out, uh, enlarged the show Texture, and then <laughs> about a <laughs> I love that name, uh, by the way, later, it cracks me up. Oh, yeah. It's good. And that's the good thing about this band. I mean, we're like brutal as fuck. And our music is no nonsense as far as like, and not to be chauvinistic, but I mean, it's good. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's it's no nonsense, but I've, there is a lot of humor involved in it. And if you read like the lyrics and from some of the titles, you know, you can you can kind of get that vibe, I think. Um, yeah, we just started rocking from there, man. And then, like I said, about a year later, uh the second album, Anonymityville, dropped, and, uh, you know, we've been playing a hell of a lot of shows, and then as of, like, last six or seven months, uh, it's the really the main focus has been to uh, get the new, the third album written, um, so we kind of put a hold on playing. I think the last show we played was probably, in Chicago, it was probably about six months ago now, or however long, like September, I believe, um, and then our guitar player, Zach, another Zach guitar player, go figure, um, he had a kid, he got married. So there was kind of that going on. Um, and you know, like I said, in the meantime, what they, 
because it, it the way Brad writes, it's kind of like I mean that dude would put an album out like all the time, like the Ramones or the Beatles or something, you know. Sure. Uh, um, which is good. It's good for everybody because it's it's my favorite music, and I'm fortunate enough to be a part of it and help get it out to the masses, you know. Uh, but yeah, so in between that, um, Brad and Zach went to the studio and did the. Uh, if you guys find handsome prick find us on uh band camp there is because that's the only place you can get it right now there's a covers ep uh they went and recorded three tracks um from fear nirvana and the mummies uh that's really fucking awesome um to kind of hold everybody over i guess until album three drops so that's kind of where we're at now you know we uh we've kind of shot down some uh bookings unfortunately just to focus on the record but man i've i've heard what they've been doing and it's Every album is a step up, and it's it doesn't sound. I mean, it's you could tell it's handsome prick, but it's there's this progression like musically, and uh, I I just don't think people are fucking ready for what's next. You know what's yeah. coming next. Um, so yeah, hopefully we hit the studio around. Uh, I'd probably say in like sometime maybe fall October. Um, then after that, you never know. Hopefully by the end of the year, we can get this third one out, man. Yeah, but materials currently being written, it's in progress, and and it's it's oh, actively yeah. actively being produced. Oh yeah, so yeah, anybody out there listening, that's kind of like, oh well, you know, I try to keep up. I'm the like guy who does like a lot of the social media shit, right, and all that. I try to keep us fresh in people's minds, you know, because it's one of those things. And I'm playing grindcore and shit for 15 plus years now. It's like when you stop or you, you don't have anything or remind anybody, you people kind of forget, I think. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't want that to happen because it's dude, we've worked our asses off and, you know, as far as how the records sound and how our live show sounds. And, uh, it's, I mean, super proud of what the three of us have been able to do. And we did have a bass player, actually Jim Kelly, um, who was the bass player for decrypt, um, played bass on the enlarged the show texture uh, he left, uh, about a couple years ago now. He wasn't on Anonymityville. Um, so we've been rocking like a live set now for a little while without a bass. Um, which is cool. Cause you're heavy as fuck anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, if you can imagine it's like that, that low end to our live show, like to have that is yeah. awesome. And there's a guy that's been jamming with us too, a longtime friend, uh, Matt Abear. That's, you know, he's been working on the new stuff. Um, like I said, there's probably, I think, like eight or nine songs, if I'm correct, uh, that are being worked on right now that, you know, I mean, obviously I wouldn't go as far as to say they're completely done or anything like that. But for the most part, I mean, they're getting there, you know, yeah. Brad and Zach are putting in the work. And man, I've from what I've seen and heard, it's like I said, I, I don't fucking think anybody's ready for this shit. Yeah. So who is who is Handsome Prick? Who's the band named after? Clearly, it's not you because you joined after the fact. So. Right. You're you're, um, ug- you're ugly fuck. So who's handsome prick? <laughs> Damn. Damn. Killing me softly. <laughs> um well, it, it's kind of a funny story. Uh really, I think it was uh I think it was like Brad's uncle. It was like his uncle or his cousin. So I want to say it was his uncle that like I guess he was like kind of he was kind of like a prick. <laughs> so it's like but he's, you know, he's like handsome, man. Look at that handsome prick, you know, like <laughs> and that's it just that's how it happened, man. He just he had that name drop. I know it's it's kind of weird. It's but it's unique. It you know a lot of people like hear that and they're like, oh really? That's a cool fucking name, you know? Yeah. Um, and it is. Like I said, it's got its very own uniqueness to it. Uh, there isn't really much of a story behind it other than that, you know. It's yeah. basically based on like Brad's 
handsome prick of an uncle. That's awesome. And it, it does mm-hmm. fit, though, because, you know, again, when you look at kind of the song names and the content and the humor that you inject into your music, it's it's mm-hmm. it's fucking perfect. It's awesome. So uh, well, yeah. a, a moment ago, you described it uh, and I was going to ask you how you described it. But, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking grindcore. Um, so. Explain grindcore to people who aren't really familiar with it. I know people know metal, they know death metal, they know thrash, they yeah. know technical, but to you, what is grindcore? Um, well, it's kind of an easy question, yet a tough question. Um, well, to me personally, uh, grindcore is it's a mix of like punk rock and death metal. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to get down to the bare bone basics of it, but I mean, that's morphed over the years. Um, I mean, you go back to like the late 90s, early 2000s with the whole relapse uh, records boom. And they yeah. had all these killer grind bands on there and shit. Like, uh, I think Nazem kind of reinvented the wheel with that, you know, kind of took it from Napalm Death. But it, it's, you know, it used to kind of be the thing. Well, grind's just, you know, it's fast. It's uh, short songs. Um, but then you had bands that weren't necessarily fast, you know. And like I said, when you get to that relapse era, it, and bands like Cephalic Carnage and stuff and Bird Flesh that were and Nazem kind of just going all out there. Like to me, I guess grindcore really means just brutal. Uh, I hate to say fast, but yeah, fast um, and pretty much whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You know, I uh, it's just got to be brutal in nature. I mean. If I was to sum it up, like I say, I, sometimes I, I get too deep in trying to overanalyze it, and it's like or generalize, genreize, however you want to call it. Uh, sure. But grindcore to me, like I said, it's just it's it's emotion, it's uh, power, it's um maybe a little less uh, if you want to put it related to into wrestling terms. We'll go there real quick. Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a little maybe a little less gimmicky, you know. Um, because I, I think it, of the whole, it, you know, spawning from like the punk scene, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, to me, it's just a little more raw, man. And I, I think you can really do whatever you want with it, but it's just it's really got to be brutal in nature, man. And and I'm not just talking like death metal, like just like because you can play fast and like gritty and raw, but and still, you know, like a band. I don't know if you ever heard of like Dinoc, um, one of our old school favorite bands. Um, that's it's kind of that's kind of how i would generalize them they're like i mean they had like the death metal kind of vocals but it was i mean it was straight up grind music it was fast you know uh really based around punk um had some groove to it uh yeah man yeah i when you know when i when i started listening to to become familiar with your material you mentioned relapse uh, that that's a great a great call out i was mm. i was kind of taken back to also that that time kind of in the like the combat earache time frame yeah. where you mentioned napalm death and of course napalm death has evolved many times over the years but yeah you know I, I that that reminded me of like old napalm death but then also like with your vocal style it really kind of reminded me of of if you took like old napalm death and combined it with something newer like suffocation with uh with like the frank mullen style cupped mic vocals that are really fucking brutal and in your face um, that was right, like the right. first thing that kind of jumped out at me when I started hearing you guys' stuff. It's definitely intense. So, um, and you, like like you're saying, you know, also it's it's hard to describe it because it does evolve. I mean, grindcore today is different than grindcore, you know, 25 years ago for sure. Yeah, yeah. So 
two full length albums. Uh, of course, we already talked about Enlarge to Show Texture and mm-hmm. uh, Anonymityville. Your song names we touched on there. On the first album, I just got to run through some of these because they cracked me the fuck up. Uh, Piss Shy, <laughs> Abhorrigory <laughs> Phallus, Writing yeah. for Semen, Wet Mouth and a Paycheck. I'm partial to that one. And then the second album, a little less extreme with the titles, but still funny. You know, uh, Return of the Barfly, Hold On yeah. to Night Stalkers, I Don't Like Anyone. That's very fucking punk rock right there. So was there just a yeah. different approach to to the two albums um, as as the material was being written? Did Was it a conscious, let's tone this down or let's focus on something more serious? Or kind of how did that work? Um, no, you know, like I said, really, I uh, Brad writes all that shit and I don't. I don't think, I mean, he has ideas when he goes into writing, but I, I mean, I'd hate to speak for him, but I, I really think, I don't think he sits there and thinks like that. I mean, it kind of just, it comes out and it's like what he wants to hear, you know? So I don't really think there's too much thought behind like, well, I'm going to do this or do that. I mean, not to say that there isn't because yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, I felt like the second one was maybe a little darker, you know, and that was what I thought as I was as I was listening to the stuff. I'm like, there's definitely the 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 tone of the music is even a little bit different. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely a little more darker. A little uh, I don't know if you want to call it evil or any of that shit, but uh, <sighs> it, it just more evolved, really. I mean, I think it's just it's just natural, you yeah. know, that the the music when it's written, it it comes out and. From the like I said, the new songs they're going to be on album three or uh, man, it's even beyond that. You know, I think uh, from what I get from it is it's a combination of the two. Yeah. You know, and then something a little bit different. So yeah, there's there was nothing really like set in stone. Like oh, sit here and write this, and uh, you know, there wasn't a like, it wasn't a formulaic approach to it. It was still an organic. We're just going to write songs, and that's just the direction it took naturally. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I said, that's the way it always is because this dude's like coming home and just writing like music all the time. Yeah. You know, and he's been or you've been, I don't know how it works, but there's a consistent partnership between you and Brad where it seems like the projects all tie with you two together. It's a it's a very consistent force. Yeah, for uh, yeah, it's weird how it's worked out like that. I mean, like I said, going back to the decrypt days, um, I mean, me and Brad didn't really kick it that much. I mean, we'd hang out and practice and stuff like that. But uh, it was more or less me and uh, Chris Montez, our guitar player, and Jim, our bass player, that mainly hung out a lot. Um, And I always liked Brad because, like, me and him on a musical level and just personal level and, like, comedic level, like, we click, you know? Like, it's it's super fucking cool. Um, I mean, he's the guy I can sit back, and if I want to talk about fucking, like, classic rock, like, Dude's on par. He's on level. If I want to talk about like some old school, like gangster rap or hip hop, you know, he's on level. Um, he, going back to like just obscure shit and even like old school, uh, like meat puppets, dude, we're both huge <laughs> meat puppets fans. I mean, we, you know, we did that melons rising cover, um, which is off the first meat puppets record on anonymityville. Uh, so it's just, you know, maybe a kindred spirit thing. Uh, he's just, he's good people, man. And once we started doing, uh, he came back to decrypt, um, you know, we started hanging out a little more and then obviously with moist and, and shit, and then he moved away. And when he came back, it's like, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard to really find good people to jam with. And especially like from his end, from a guy who's putting together a band 
and you need someone that's going to be there, you're going to be fucking dedicated and can actually pull it off vocally. What this guy's laying down on wax, you know, like, I mean, that's another reason why I'm around all the time. Uh, because there ain't very, there's hardly any of those guys, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's something like I'm very passionate about what I do and like the times I have with this dude and, uh, the music we play together. It's, I mean, it's when we're doing that shit, man, there's like really nothing else that can top it. It just, it feels great to get it out there and go do that, man. But yeah, it's been, uh, like I said, me and him have been playing music now together on and off, um, for the better part of like, since like 2004. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to sit and think I'm an old fucker now, you know, we're getting up there, but <laughs> right. And so you mentioned that he does the, the bulk of the songwriting. Do, do you have a hand in that too, though? I assume. Um, no, not really. Like I said, it, this is his baby, man. I'm just like kind of the guy that's, Hey man, you need me to do, uh, the live vocals and I, I do it for him. If, if there was to be more asked of me, I would do it. Okay. But you know, there's not, like I said, and, and I have no problem with that. It's actually, it's, it's like, don't fix something that ain't broken, you know? And kind of like the guys, he's so creative that it's, you can't like step in the way of that, you yeah. know? And nor would I want to, because I mean, shit, I, I was a fan of these guys. It kind of goes back to, uh, that Mark Wahlberg as cheesy as this sounds, that fucking rock star movie. Like, uh, when they were doing decrypt, man, I was trying to do my own thing and sing with some fucking guys. And I wanted to do something, you know, just brutal. I wanted to fucking, I was angry as a young kid and I loved fucking screaming and doing all that shit. And I was in all those bands. And so when they draw, I remember when they, Zach brought home like holy erotic rapture. And I was like, holy shit. Like you guys fucking did this. Like you guys, you know, and then going, they used to have these killer house parties. Um, I mean, there was everybody that was there too, where you're a fucking jock or, you know, hood rat or whatever, just all walks of life and come to these grind shows that they would throw on. Um, and I was just blown away. And Zach had heard my, uh, vocals. Like we, we recorded, uh, I was jamming with some guys and, um, it was a real shitty tape recording. It was on cassette, but he had heard it and he was like, Oh shit. Like I was working at guitar center at the time and he, he came in, uh, was talking to me. He said, Hey man, you know, I'm thinking about quitting decrypt soon. I'm just like, look, I'm like, why? You know, he just, his heart wasn't into it at the time. And, uh, he's like, but I heard your shit. And he's like, I think you could do it. He's like, I'm going to tell them guys. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Next thing you know, I think it was like, if I remember correctly, uh, Brad and Chris or just Chris came walking in and asked, like, Hey, Zach quit. You want to come try out? I was like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, went and did it and then you know the rest is history and we've just kind of stuck together ever since you know um and i'm cool with that man it's 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 fine you know i uh i tried to do a little jamming on on the side but uh it's it's hard finding people man and i think once you find a role that you fit in and you're comfortable with yeah like i said if, if it ain't broke don't fix it but at any point in time like you know if he's like hey you want to fucking do this or you want to write that um I used to write a bunch and I kind of got burnt out on it when I lost, dude, I had notebooks of shit. And then they just like, just disappeared somehow throughout all the moving. And it was kind of like, uh, you know, I, how do I go back and do that? Like it was just, it was no motivation. And then after looking at what he was doing and writing, I'm like, all right, man, you know, if I can help get your fucking shit across and do this and have fun doing it myself, you know, because that that's the main thing. It's, 
I, I'm not going to do some shit like this and put myself out there for somebody else if I didn't give two fucks about them and right. really believe in what they're doing. Um, and he's just been so damn consistent. And like I said, the formula has worked and I'm just, you know, I'm excited to see what happens in the future. I mean, you never know. Yeah. So do you do the recordings or do you just do the live shows too? No, j- just the live. Okay. So- I, I did, uh, when we did Moistened, we did, like I said, that second half of the record, it never had vocals on it. So I did do that. Um, me and Brad both did vocals on that. Um, but then it's just been, it's just been handsome prick, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been Brad and it's cool because I mean, like I said, he's got his own shit and I'm able to, uh, just bring it live, you know, and, and portray that live and, and yet still kind of add my own thing to it. Yeah. Put your own flavor in it. So right. you, you mentioned that obviously there's new material in the works and I'm curious cause the first two albums, the songs they're in typical grindcore fashion. They're pretty short. I mean, you got songs yeah, that are yeah. like, you got songs that are 30 seconds. And then, I mean, if you guys hit a three minute song, I mean, that's, that's like a fucking epic for you. So mm-hmm. do you think that that formula is oh. going to stay the same on the new shit or, or are we looking at longer songs? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's going to be, it'll be a little bit of both. I mean, you're going to get some, uh, you're definitely going to get those quick little ditties, you know, like maybe the classic, uh, you know, short grind songs. Um, but that's just, that goes back again to Brad's writing style, man. Yeah. Uh, I remember like one track, for instance, uh, back in the day that would kick my ass, uh, when we were doing decrypt was, uh, I think it was Armageddon equals satisfaction. And, uh, man, dude, it was, it's like four minutes or something like that. And all the different, you know, vocals you got to do and put out there and like find ways you got to find to breathe or do whatever. I, it's, it was just, it would, it would almost blow me up, you know? Yeah. Um, but some of the new songs I've heard, dude, yeah, there's, there's definitely some epics on there and that's just, that's the style, you know, like these fucking cataclysm ass fucking riffs and, uh, uh, it's just got groove and you're, you're going to get a grind song. I think that's the other good thing about what we do. Um, and and to kind of show you the type of players that are in this band uh, or to have the technicality and have these songs be that long. You know, I don't really know of any other like grind bands that are really putting out epic ass shit like that, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Have you released a potential name for the album yet or has there been anything announced no. officially? No, no, that that's not going to happen until... Like I said, probably later in the year. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that stuff, uh, that's pretty hush hush right now. Like I, like I said, I really can't say anything about it other than, you know, I've, I've heard some tracks, some jams and they're, they're fucking killer. So I, I wish I could tell you guys more, but, uh, you know, it's a little hush hush right now. That's all right. Well, they just got to keep us jonesing for the prick. I know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> so which band was it that you were in that played at Vakken? uh open air yeah no we never played there didn't you i thought uh, i thought i heard something that that one of your guys's bands played there no we played uh what was it uh decrypt we played um god what the fuck is that uh maryland death fest oh maybe that was it yeah 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 that was um we did that back in 2008 i think it was man yeah, a long time ago. Like I said, we're like getting to be the godfathers, the new godfathers of grind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a bunch of old grinders. That's how it goes. Right? 
Um, and we've been to uh, Mexico a couple times too. We did, we played uh, what was called the Fist Fuck Family Fest. Oh, um, family yeah. friendly fist fuck. That's the way it goes. <laughs> right? They get crazy down there. Um, oh, we did play the full terror assault too. So we went down with Moistened in Mexico and Decrypt. Um, and then with Handsome Prick, we played the full terror assault, which is like that three day open air festival they do. And uh, I think it's like in September, late, early September, somewhere around there. It's like, yeah, um, that might have been what it was I heard about. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely got to be. Um, it was cool, man, up until I got a tick on my nutsack when I got <laughs> home. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, yeah, dude. It was it was a weird story. I talked about it on my on my show. Um, I was I was at work and it it freaked me out. I was like, man, did a dingleberry somehow creep up on my nuts. Like, what is that? Uh, and I see little legs and I'm like freaking out and to go tell my boss, like, hey, man, uh, I kind of got a personal thing. I think I've got to take off. He's like, what's, what's going on, man? I was like, I kind of embarrassed to say, he's like, what is it? I'm like, uh, I got a tick on my balls. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I was in the woods for fucking three days. Uh, I guess shit happens, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You should have just whipped it out and showed him here. I don't even want to say it. Just check this shit out. Yeah. Just pick it out with your teeth. <laughs> I heard you got to burn them out, man. Oh man. Hell like, no. We like got like leeches. this tick tool. <laughs> oh god I, you know we were it's funny you say that we were in mexico with decrypt uh <laughs> and uh montez our guitar player was uh there was this crazy mexican dude down there and he kept saying burn my fucking eggs burn my eggs and we're like what and chris would light his nuts on fire <laughs> it's, oh. it's fucked up i think if you look on youtube somewhere there's uh, there is video of that um, how do you search for that do you search for crazy mexican guy in mexico um, actually, no. Well, I have my personal YouTube channel is, uh, it's Juicefuge. Uh, if, just type in Decrypt. There's a Decrypt playlist on there and it's not just videos that I've created and posted. It's like pretty much a archive of some of the crazy shit we've done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this dude, he's just like getting his fucking nuts burnt. dude. <laughs> <laughs> some dude, uh, some old guy walked cause we did it at a gas station too when we stopped. Or like in the bathroom, he's just like, "Ah, oh, burn my fucking eggs!" Kept saying, "Burn my eggs, man!" I'll never get that out of my head. Um, yeah, burn his wheels. So Chris, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris was burning them, and this old man walked in, opened the door to go in the bathroom, and he seen that shit. He just like, up oh, and turned around and walked out. Like, what the fuck did I just see? Dude, you can't unsee that. <laughs> Most definitely not, man. Awesome. Well. You know, you've got some killer stories from from the music side of things, and obviously, your focus now musically is going to be on uh, getting this third, as of yet unnamed, handsome prick album out to the masses. In addition yes. to that, though, you kind of touched on it just a second ago, but you also run a couple of different shows. Uh, you've got Juice Pro Wrestling as one of them. And we'll talk mm -hmm. about the other in a little bit. But so, what's the story with with Juice Pro Wrestling? How do we go from grindcore to fucking <laughs> wrestling? I mean, that's just a, a crazy concept to me. It is. It is, and it isn't. Because I mean, it's it's two things that I really love. I really hold both of them dear to my heart. Um, dude, I've been a wrestling fan since I was a, a little kid, and uh, you know, and discovering punk rock and that journey into grindcore. Uh, I just, like I said, man, they're, they're both like my kids, you know, I, the passion for both of them is like, you, you can't even fucking measure it. Um, but I also think 
you know, in, in traveling with the bands over the years, uh, meeting a lot of people and talking, you know, like we're talking right now and just getting to talk to people and find out their likes and dislikes. And I met a lot of motherfuckers, dude, that were in the wrestling. And uh, it's like, man, you know, I, I fucking enjoy watching it, too. It's kind of like an escape for me. It's fun. You know, it's uh, it, it's got everything I want as far as like entertainment for the most part. And uh, so I was like, I'm sitting there. I was like, man. I, re- I always wanted to do like a radio show or do podcasting for like several years now. I just never knew how to execute it and go about it. Right. And, uh, one day, um, well, so we've been doing juice pro wrestling. Now I think, uh, it's coming up on two years, like at the end of March. So, uh, it, it was just one day, one of my buddies found a, another mutual friend who was uh, shot to threaten my producer. Um, I got involved with him and, I wanted to do originally, I wanted it to be like an amalgam of everything, you know, like I could sit and talk wrestling for a little bit then talk like video games, talk horror, talk metal. Um, and it just like, there were other people he, cause this dude was doing threatened was doing a network. So I didn't want to step on any toes. And it's like, well, fuck dude. I, I felt this boom coming back in like professional wrestling. And, uh, I just, man, I've been watching it since I was a little kid. I've always just kind of been a dork about it, yeah. but not like super flamboyant, you know, because I mean, some of these guys, I mean, I'm sorry, guys, some of these <laughs> wrestling nerds are just fucking ridiculous, right? Like, I just, I always felt like I was that guy. It's like, it can, you can be a wrestling fan and be cool, you know, like that's how it was back in the day for me, you know, when growing up and watching all that shit, like you, you weren't this like weird keyboard warrior dork that like, you know what I mean? Like, and sorry to insult people, but I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You look at some of these guys and they just freak out when they see the wrestlers or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I really love the stuff, man. And I like to talk about it. So I was like, Hey man, there's my entry into podcasting. Yeah. Um, and we started, I didn't know what the fuck to do, but I'm like, how hard could it be? You know, I've been on a mic now for many, many years. I've uh, been in front of a lot of people. I, you know, I guess my main thing to worry about kind of when I start is like, I don't really want to offend anybody, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't really give a fuck because it's just, Hey man, we all have opinions and it's not like I'm going out there and blasting any kind of racial shit or any, any kind of just obnoxious bullshit, you know, it's just uh passionate opinions, you know? And, uh, I wanted to kind of feature other people in the wrestling game. Um, as far as like promoters and talent and the people in that scene in that world that don't get heard from very often. I mean, you, you'll get fans, you know, that'll go on these shows whatever. But I was like, man, if I can get like these referees or the lighting guys or, you know, people, the cameramen and shit, like everybody that's involved from a show from, you know, top to bottom yeah. and just give, give them a platform to share their thoughts and stories and, you know, and as we've gone on now, it's just kind of evolved into this thing. And it's, we're, you know, we're really starting to fire on all cylinders, man. Um, I just, I, like I said, I, I love professional wrestling and I like, I like talking about it and sitting and having a good conversation with people. And I'll tell you what, since I've started this, never would I have thought I would have had like a five hour fucking conversation with Sid Vicious, you know, or, uh, sit and talk with Sabu or, you know, a lot of these wrestlers that I've had the chance to interact with and I, that I have their phone numbers and I can call them anytime I want, you know? Yeah. Um, but to, and to do it in a cool fucking way, you like just not be that guy. That's like a super in the business, you know, they call it a Mark, 
you know, when you're just fucking freaking out over people. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to bring guys on, especially the talent, and kind of give them, you know, hey, we're going to do this interview, but we're going to talk about more shit than just, you know, the typical questions that everybody's asking. Sure. Like, we'll get off fucking topic and, uh, fuck, what kind of food are you into? You know, like anything like that to me is like not off the table because I want to get, I want to get to know that person more. And as we're doing the show, obviously everybody listening will in turn do the same thing. And a lot of these men and women have been like, man, that's, that was fucking refreshing. You know, it was cool. Like you were fun, you know, cause I'm, I'm a little on my show. It's like nuts and fucking yelling and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> kind of bringing the metal, to yeah. you know the grind to uh, pro wrestling and podcasting just in general, man. So, I mean, that's kind of how that all started. Was just like, I want to get into podcasting. I need to get my foot in the door. What the fuck do I know a lot about that I can just shoot straight from the hip without having to have a computer in front of me or a bunch of notes or some shit, you know? Because yeah. I really don't like that. I like, I like it to be kind of off the cuff, you know? Like it needs it that rawness. Like I say, going back to the grind and like the punk rock um, background I have, it's like that's what I want to incorporate into my podcast. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, you've definitely covered a lot of different, you know, areas with wrestling as well. Yeah, I was telling you a few minutes before we actually started recording that uh, I was kind of nostalgic about, you know, the WWF days when I was a kid. Um, you know, yeah. Mean Gene Okerlund and Andre the Giant and Iron Sheik yeah. and, you know, fucking Junkyard Dog was my favorite. JYD, yeah, you got that song. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Junkyard Dog, you know, Bobby yeah. the Brain, Macho Man, and, you know, I mean, Hulk Hogan's always been there, but he was, yeah. <laughs> he was never, never my guy, but, you know, Ricky the Dragon, you know. Oh, I love Ricky. I, dude, I had a chance to meet him. I, I just seen him a couple months ago. It was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Remember when uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, became an actor, <laughs> like an, a different yeah. kind of actor? And what was that movie he fucking did? Um, they Live. They Live. Yeah, that was actually a really good movie. I was surprised. And, yeah, that uh, was John Carpenter. Yeah, fucking crazy, man. And uh, I guess, you know, you just take one one kind of performance art and morph it into something else. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, th- those those were the days that that I was, you know, as a kid that I was kind of really into that stuff. Remember uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, that cartoon? That, yeah, uh, my son still got a pillowcase from that. <laughs> that was crazy. And they had like a heavy metal soundtrack back then. And yeah, dude. yeah, dude, that was such a, that's funny. I, you know, I have a, a couple of other friends of mine, um, uh, Art and Jacob do America, their show. Mm-hmm. And Jacob is a huge wrestling fan. And so we've kind of talked about that stuff uh, over the last couple of years, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. I, I kind of dig that. So, uh, I kind of lost track of it. I think after WWF went away and then, you know, WWE and some other, other stuff kind of TNA kind of came into play. But yeah. um, but you've covered kind of the full spectrum of of all the different wrestling you know leagues and and brands. Do you do you do anything with like a UFC and MMA or anything like that? Um, well, you know, when we were talking earlier before we hit the record button, uh, yes and no. Actually, we did. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Did we do an episode? We're coming up on episode 100, and I'll get to that in a second because there's a funny story about that. But, yeah. Uh, um, we sprinkle it in. You know, much when I was trying, when I started Juice Pro Wrestling, like I said, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes, so I went in the wrestling game. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit shit in here and there and, you know, kind of squeeze some stuff out of people. If someone wants to sit and talk to me about, like, fucking movies or music or whatever, I'll, I'll fucking do it, you know? 
Um, and that's kind of how that uh, happened with the UFC stuff. I mean, it's combat sports. I don't go into it as much as other people do, but if there's something like coming up, you know, we've talked about when Ronda was coming in the WWE and, you know, certain moments from UFC history. And if there's like a big fight card coming up, you know, we'll, we'll kind of chit chat about that a little bit, but, uh, we don't go too in depth with, uh, UFC. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. Uh, there was that huge boom period for that. And then it just kind of, and it kind of flaked off. I mean, it's still big. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, like the, I think the hype really, really has died down nowadays. Yeah. You know. Well, I've noticed uh, that you kind of brought up like the the Ronda thing, but yeah, it, it seems like a lot of migration has happened back into you know the wrestling, wrestling circuits, and uh, I don't know if that's just a, a reactionary move to UFC not being what it was, or if it's just people being like, you know, I'm kind of tired of actually getting my face fucking punched in for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time. Um, right. I, I think I'd rather just be thrown around a ring for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it could be a combination of both. I mean, wrestling, obviously everybody knows what it is. Right. You know, we tend, we tend not to drop the F bomb just out of respect because, uh, I dare anybody to get in the fucking ring and try oh, yeah. you, you really gotta be an athlete, man. Um, Absolutely. especially in, t- in today's game, man, it's just, there's some of the craziest athletes I've ever seen. But that being said, you can get, I mean, well, Kane Velasquez is another guy that just transitioned and pretty damn well. I might add, he did some shit with triple a where he was doing like Lucha Libre moves. That's like, he looked like he had been wrestling his entire life. You know? Um, I think a lot of people just, they see it. And here's the other thing. A lot of people that got in, I don't think people get this, but excuse me. In the MMA game, you know, a lot of these guys and girls are, like, growing up and they're fans of, like, Bruce Lee and these martial arts yeah. movies. And, you know, and wrestling. A lot of fucking people were into wrestling. So it's kind of, you know, thank God the UFC came along and it gave them, you know, they have the the show aspect of it, even though there isn't much pageantry in UFC. Not but really. there is a little bit. They're starting to. They're starting to take a little bit from Vince's game, you know what I mean? Because you got to. You got to be able to promote a fight, you know, and put asses in seats. Um, but these people, these men and women have grown up watching that shit. So, it, and it goes back to what you said, you know, a fighter's career doesn't, it, it's not long. No. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you can't be in the game long because you have your Tito's and your Ken Shamrocks, guys that shouldn't be fucking fighting anymore. But they still are, you know, um, and might I add Ken Shamrock and Tito, both guys that tried their hands at wrestling. I think Ken Shamrock's still involved with uh, Impact, which was TNA wrestling. Um, but they look at it as like, hey, you know, I get my fucking ass punched a bunch of times and, you know, really get injured. But I mean, in, in pro wrestling, you, you still hold that risk, too. You yeah. know, everybody knows it's all a stunt, you know. Uh, everybody knows what happened to Owen Hart. Um, yeah, you look absolutely. at the Chris Benoit situation yep. and how many concussions that guy had. Uh, there's guys that had to retire because of concussions. Yeah. And some of, some of them, like Edge and Daniel Bryan, have luckily been able to come back. Um, but, man, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, like for these men and women to fucking go over there and I, for me to say that, well, it's because of this and they won't get hurt because there's always that risk. Yeah. But the main thing, I think, though, is to – 
is uh, the payday. If you, because a lot of these people, if they, you know, you, even guys like Matt Riddle, another perfect example. He's in WWE now and he kills it, dude. Like the King of Bros, they call him. He's just, and the guy's something fucking special, dude. There's, you get on that level, the WWE level, and maybe now a days the AEW level too, and you will be a superstar. I mean, the road is fucking hellacious. At least you know the the schedule in WWE, but I mean you will be a star. There will you will be as long as you're smart with your money, you will have a lot of money. You know you're gonna have to hump that road, but and that's kind of the polar opposite with the UFC. I mean some guys only fight like three times a year. You know, um, but even still, you get in there and you take a fucking look at CM Punk. <laughs> I mean, he got his ass whooped, dude. I don't know how he, why he dared to step. I'll, I'll give him credit. <laughs> I mean, he went back, he went back for another ass whooping. But uh, damn, I, I don't care, man. If I thought I was the baddest motherfucker in the world or what, like, you got to be paying me an awful lot of money to want to get in there and get my fucking ass stomped by somebody. Yeah. Now, granted, a lot of these people aren't thinking they're going to, but come on, man, like. At the end of the day, dude, like, it's still, like, it, it's fucked up. We, you think about, I mean, yeah, they have a little bit of padding on these gloves, but think about taking these fucking kicks to the skull, dude. Like yeah, The kicks, man, the kicks are really what get oh. me when I watch that stuff. And, yeah, the, the kicks to the side of the head or you get the toe in the eyeball, I've seen that. Or, you know, the fucking earwax, man, that's getting whacked upside yeah. the fucking side of your head with somebody's uh, instep. That's just brutal. Yeah, dude. Or, you know, fuck, even some of these fucking submissions. Yeah. You know, like you put in a triangle or something, snap a motherfucker's arm. Like, I, it's cool, man. But, uh, you know, the kind of, I kind of deviated a little from your question. But to get back to that, <laughs> like, like I said, I really think a lot of it is the spectacle, the attraction of being a legit superstar. Now that people in UFC aren't legit. You know, I don't want motherfuckers listening to this and they're like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, And then no. they come after you. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, hey, bring it on. Um, but th- what I mean by that is you are, I mean, it's still entertainment no matter what. You know, it's, it's sports, but all of it is under the un- entertainment umbrella. But when you're doing UFC, it is more for the sport. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. and they're, ca- they're kind of slowly incorporating some some more entertainment sports entertainment aspects to coin a phrase from Vince McMahon. Yeah. But when you get, like I said, when you get to a stage like WWE or AEW and you can work out a character and, and make money, I mean, yeah, you're going to be going up and down the road and shit, but the whole point is you're, you're not supposed to be getting hurt and damaged like you would doing a fucking fight, you know, for sure. So I think that, and that's very attractive to a lot of these people. I mean, you're going to go here and that you're going to get fucking video games, action figures, t-shirts, and UFC does offer some of that. But I mean, dude, I, they, they can't touch WWE on a, uh, a global scale. Yeah. Not on a merchandising standpoint, not even fucking not close. at all. I think they just, what the fuck was it? Like a hundred billion fucking, uh, either subscribers or views on YouTube. And it's, it's more than the NFL, the NBA, you know, the National Hockey League, the UFC. It's more than all of that. Yeah. So I think people are wising up, and a lot of these motherfuckers that would run their mouths about people, especially when, you know, hey, talk shit about pro wrestling all you want. There's some legit badasses. If there wasn't, Brock wouldn't have crossed over and won the heavyweight title. Yeah. And people can say what they want about that. 
but I guarantee you they wouldn't say it to that fucker's face. <laughs> so, uh, well, you, you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Coming up on 100 episodes. Yeah. That's a fucking um, milestone, brother. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it, And it's funny because, I mean, technically, we're kind of past 100 episodes. But, um, so we have this thing going on at uh in Munster, Indiana at Three Floyds, which is like one of the best breweries in the entire world. Uh I mean, for anybody out there listening that has drank like Zombie Dust or Dark Lord Day. And they're really cool too because they're like it's pretty much like a metal brewery. Like the guy who owns it, um dude, they're they've done beers with like Cannibal Corpse, Amon Marth, uh Pig Destroyer, uh which is the, that beer is one of my favorites, the permanent funeral. It's a double IPA and it's <laughs> Dude, it is delicious, man. Permanent funeral. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like I said, they're a very, very metal-oriented um, brand. And uh, it's very cool artwork, very cool theme and atmosphere there. Um, I was just there last night. Um, we were scoping out um, the scene because we're going to cut episode 100 live on March 30th from Three Floyds. So it, it means a lot, you know to me and to have them come and ask me like hey you know we're doing this thing called floyd mania like basically it's a week-long celebration of pro wrestling and craft beer and they're going to be doing like their kitchen's going to have wrestling themed food all week long they're going to be doing like limited run batches of uh wrestling themed beer uh nothing i can mention right now because it's all a little hush hush but uh yeah it's it's going to be super cool and i got um Two of, uh, well, actually three of the best promoters in the whole entire Midwest Chicagoland wrestling game in uh, Steve Tortorello and Eric Hamilton from Warrior Wrestling. Uh, those guys put on shows in Chicago Heights that, I mean, dude, they've had Ray Mysterio, the Lucha Bros, like it, it, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, you know, you name it. And these superstars of yesteryear and today's top talent from all over the world, dude, I'm talking about like, from uh, like Rome and Mexico and Canada, like you name it, they brought they bring him to Chicago Heights, man. Um, and then you got Matt Nix, uh, who's the creator of Freelance Wrestling, which has been featured on the WWE Network. Uh, so that's pretty fucking cool. Um, one of Chicago's, uh, they, there's so many promotions out here, but I would say those two are like the best. And Freelance right now is probably like the sweetheart promotion of. Chicago. I mean, you got a lot of fucking awesome talent working there. The atmosphere there, it's like going to a metal show, dude. Um, go there, fucking see some awesome entertaining shit, uh, some great in-ring stuff, some great character work, drink beer, you know, um, maybe get a little RVD 420 uh, and just <laughs> have fun with some cool people, you know. It's 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 rock and roll, man. That's I love. It reminds me a lot of like, you know, in our early days, like in Decrypt and stuff, we were doing all these metal festivals, you know, like Central Illinois. Uh, man, there was so much shit out in Albuquerque. I just, the list goes on and on. But uh, it reminds me of that, like get, meeting some cool people and uh, hanging out and doing all that cool shit. But, um, yeah, the Floyd Mania thing, it's, like I said, we're going to have Matt Nix and the guys from Warrior there um, in like a roundtable kind of discussion uh, about WrestleMania their you know their promotions all while we're sitting enjoying like three floyd's beer i think that's and, uh, killer that you're you're literally making an event out of this and i think it's doubly killer that they asked you 
to come to their place and fucking help them put this on. That's a huge honor. Yeah, no, it, it totally is, man. Cause like when I started doing this and we're lucky to have them, you know, so close in like our community, they're like 26 minutes away from where I live. You know, I'm in Northwest Indiana, Hobart, Indiana to be exact. Uh, they're out in Munster. Um, and I've been a huge fan of their beer for probably about a decade now. And when we started doing this podcast, I was like, dude, I need to do something with these guys. Like, you know, if it's our band, you know, I've talked to Nick, the owner, about the prick getting on Dark Lord Day because they, <laughs> dude, they brought in Dying Fetus, you know, they brought in Pig Destroyer, High on Fire, you know, like, I we're local boys, dude. Let's fucking work together, you know, let's yeah. do something. Um, I ain't about fucking around when it comes to networking and doing business and doing shit like this. Like, I love it, dude. It's, uh, you know, it's what I'm trying to get my gig in life to be, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, to have, like, to me, one of the, if not the best brewery in the world, and they're constantly getting awards for, like, they're always in, like, the top five beers around the world with, like, for Zombie Dust and uh, I think Gumball Head as another famous one. And then, you know, Dark Lord, which is this uh, stout that they do. It's once a year. It's insane, man. Like, people will get bottles, and I think – Man, there's people that pay like 200 bucks for an empty bottle of that shit on just, eBay. Just to collect it. Just to collect it, dude. Like, yeah. and, you know, that's, and they, they're another, another, like, it's great to see a local thing like that blow up. You know, like I was, I was there last night looking at their $2 million fucking bottling, um, machines and all that, this German engineered stuff and like a, like this other $6 million setup. And it's like, Man, it's so cool to see fucking like-minded people do something on a large scale. And for them to ask, hey, man, we're going to do this wrestling thing. We want you to fucking, would you do a podcast there? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, so to kind of get to episode 100, we were already, we cut episode 99. And I'm sitting there thinking after we cut it. And I'm like, damn it, dude. Like, I re this we're still about a month out. I re and I really want to do episode 100 at Floyd's. And then I talked to Brian, who's uh, he's one of the head chefs up there. He's one of the guys I mainly have contact with through Three Floyd's. And he called me up. He's like, man, I had this idea. Like, uh, how about, you know, you do episode 100 here? I was like, man, I'm way ahead of you, dude. Like, <laughs> I was already thinking of a way to do that. And uh, earlier on, just because we like to be comedic, too, like, we're serious, but we're not, you know, we do a lot of comedic stuff. Um, just, we don't take ourselves too seriously. It's, uh, you got to have fun with it. And I think when you do that, that kind of goes over well with people more than, you know, sitting there and feeling like you're listening to like a fucking news program or something, or somebody's yeah. just reading a goddamn script, like fuck all that bullshit. You know, like <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be me. And if people don't like it, great. If people love it, that's fucking even better, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we did episode 83 and then we dropped, it was the first time we dropped two episodes in one week for uh juice pro. And, uh, I was like, fuck it. I'm a big naked gun fan. Let me Photoshop my face on the Leslie Nielsen and add my boys in there and we'll do 83 and a third. Um, so we did that and I liked that idea. I'm like, fuck, well, we'll just do that. We'll fucking prolong 99 till we get to a hundred. So it's been 99 then we did a a kind of a shout out to uh tales from the crypt 
We did 99 and 44 one hundredth percent pure horror, which is <laughs> <laughs> Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 99 and a half, 99 and a half bottles of beer on the wall, which is our latest. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we're going to make our way to 100 yeah. by hell or high water, man. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. And if that wasn't enough... <laughs> there's with, more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you said there's more? <laughs> If the prick wasn't enough for you mm-hmm. and the juice wasn't enough for you, mm-hmm. all right, brother, lay it on me. JP Dub, what <sighs> is going on? Uh, so, you know, the JP Dub, uh, it's it's kind of weird because it's like it, it was short for Juice Pro Wrestling. You know, like if, if, if I was tweeting some or talking, just to kind of have that cool slang or lingo, it's like and dating back to like if you ever watched like, I don't know, ECW back in the day. Um, they were like an extreme promotion out of Philly, uh, hardcore wrestling and shit like blood and guts promotion. Super awesome shit. When I was a kid, uh, the crowd, when they get hyped, they'd always channel like EC dub, EC dub. So I'm like, man, I'll just shorten up for my posting and whatever, uh, JP dub. Like, Hey, get your JP dub stickers or check out the latest episode of JP dub. But then I got conflicted cause I wanted to combine everything that I'm into in the juice pro wrestling. But you know as well as I do, when you kind of have somewhat of a niche audience, yeah, it's it's hard to do. You know, it's hard for me. I because I wanted to talk. I had a you know, thanks to Steve, um, I had the opportunity to talk to more people, like actors and stuff, and uh, different musicians that I was hitting up, and you know, just everybody that I've known through the years from playing grind. And I wanted to start getting these guys on shows because there's. In this day and age, it's so easy to promote your stuff compared to even like fucking ten years ago. You yeah, know, like for it sure. was. It's just so much easier if my boys in, um, in shit life drop a fucking record. Uh, hey, let's fucking talk about it. You know, uh, one of my good friends, Sean Putrid Pyle, is getting ready to drop a new record, and I hit him up. Um, we're gonna try to arrange something. Uh, I also talked to Anders from Nazem. Um, so hopefully, we can get something worked out there. We've kind of been in talks, but. Uh, I wanted to do more of myself outside of the wrestling world. So I was like, fuck it. What are we going to call it? Like, I don't really necessarily have enough funding to start a whole new or time for that matter, because dude, I'm constantly on the clock with all of this shit. Um, it's, it's nonstop. And thank God I got like a fucking good woman behind me because it helps a lot, dude. Like she fucking gets it and she rocks. Um, but it's, I wanted to do more. I wanted to bring more of the juice to the people. <laughs> and uh, so how do I do that? And I'm like, well, maybe I just fucking start like a little. It was just an idea in my head. Like, maybe we do a subsidiary show and we'll run it in the same RSS feed and all that. Uh, we'll just call it the JP Dub podcast, you know, and it won't be Juice Pro Wrestling. It's everything outside of pro wrestling. You know, you won't get no pro wrestling talk unless some for some fucking way someone like kind of initiates it that i'm talking to but uh sure that's what i wanted to do and so like uh thanks to steve like my first episode dude i got to have george c romero on yeah Uh, yeah which was super cool you know i mean obviously for the fact of whose son he is i mean if you don't know what i'm talking about then what the fuck is wrong with you uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have so him to cool. thank for for everything zombie related in the universe now at this point yes yes exactly um 
so and he's doing a lot of shit man and you know we got to talk about his dad for a little bit but uh it was more or less just about what he's doing and he's got some really cool shit going on as far as uh trying to create this community of just creative people whether it's music or film or anything you know podcasting like he's really doing some cool shit there so shout to george c um and then next it was like because i'm hitting up all the like i said i just i hit up people and if they want to do it great if they don't whatever i move on i don't get butthurt about like well this fucking guy you want to do my show you know like <laughs> i don't fucking care you know that i go into it looking like guys probably don't give a fuck anyway you know like well, you don't have this many numbers and that. It's like fucking blow me, whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't fucking hurt me, you know. Yeah. It would be cool to talk to these people. If not, hey man, I got like fifty more people lined up, you know. Um. So secondly, I got to do. Uh, we cut an episode with John Masari, who did the uh, soundtrack for fucking Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And uh, once again, I was you know super stoked because uh, in high school I played uh, jazz guitar and jazz band. Um, and I really got into like music composition and all that shit, you know, really nerdy stuff, really nerdy music stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a huge Frank Zappa fan too. So, uh, awesome. It, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. My son's middle name is Zappa. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a little quick deviation too. I, uh, we got to meet Dweezil a few years back. We, uh, I took my son to a show and we got to talk to Dweezil and everything. He said, man, that's cool. Like, how'd you get that name? He was thinking we were like related to someone. I was like, nah, man, it's just his middle name because fucking dad was the shit, you know? <laughs> um, but no, he did. He was the only kid there and he dedicated the whole show. Like, spotlight was on him and shit. And I got it. It's on my YouTube. That's amazing. Uh, it was great, man. I was, you know, as a dad, I was like, and he was zapping. I was like in tears, man. I was like, God damn, this fucking moment, you know? Yeah. Uh, getting the juice all wet. But, uh,. <laughs> But it was cool, you know, like I said, to talk to a guy who straight up uh, does composing. You know, I like that shit, dude. It's it's super interesting to me. And uh, and not only that, I'm a huge horror fan. You know, like I love all the old shit. I, there's some new shit I like. I mean, I'm just – if it's good, I fucking like it, even if it's not good. Some of that cheesy stuff – I'm sorry, folks, but there's some really good cheesy B and even D-level shit out there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was uh, – uh, I talked to Joe Castro – uh, a, yeah. a few months back and had a great conversation. And we spent a lot of time talking about like the old school days and like trauma productions and the toxic Avenger and surf Nazis must die. And all those really yeah. old, super campy movies that they're still timeless. And I, I absolutely love that stuff. It's funny. I was just, uh, before we got on here, I was, uh, I was in our bedroom. We were putting some shit away and I found my, uh, trauma patch. <laughs> uh, la- la- <laughs> Last year at C2E2, man, I met Lloyd Kaufman. That's amazing. Um, dude, he was super cool, too. He, like, pretty much stopped us and was like, hey, you know, what's going on? He started asking me, like, really wanted to know what the fuck I was about and what I was doing. And it kind of threw me off because I'm like, you're fucking, you don't know who the fuck I am. And you're fucking Lloyd Kaufman, you know? Like, it's, it's fucking weird. Like, Oh, that's amazing, uh, dude. Yeah, but I, t- I was telling him about the show and about the prick and stuff. He's like, oh, that's cool. And then... uh. And my son, who was, I think he was 11 at the time, he was telling him something about Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> he looks at him, Lloyd looks at him, he's like, ah, it's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck is this kid talking about this shit? Yeah. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, man. So, you know, John Masari and then uh, episode three, I was lucky enough to score uh, Afner from uh, Midnight. Um, you know, they just dropped a new album, Rebirth by Blasphemy, just signed on the Metal Blade. Uh, and it, it, the only thing about that was, it, dude, we always record at night, you know. It kind of threw me off. I think it was the first one I did in the morning. And actually, I took like fucking two hours off of work to fucking go do that real quick. Um, so hopefully no one from work hears this shit. But uh, if they do, then I guess that's on them. Cover um, blown. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did that at eight in the morning, man. It was weird. I, instead of holding beer, I'm holding coffee and it's daylight out. And But it was still cool, you know, and it, it, it was funny, though, because, like, he's like, man, you know, we should go a little longer, but, you know, I got to go to work. I was like, dude, I, brother, I got to go to work, too. You know, like, I'm taking time off to do this. But, uh, yeah, we had a great conversation. Went a little out of the box. Like I said, there's some guy ripped me on YouTube because he's like, you fucking lame, you uh, You talked about Chicago cuisine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> man, haters going to hate. Oh, you had a uh -huh. real person conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's what he says. Like, you're like a fucking high schooler or some shit. Like you need to get your interview skills. You need to get better. Which I'm great. Hey, man, I'm all for constructive criticism. But this dude was obviously just being a troll. He was trolling you, yeah. Yeah. So I just I wiped him clean off of my shit and moved on with my life. But uh, it, it was super cool to do uh, to have something like that. And now I'm really stoked. Uh, I actually am planning an episode two with Brad. Um, you know, just to get more promotion for him and everything he's doing because he's got like. The guy put out like four fucking albums last year, you know, between like poor and dirty dead, um, you know, the prick, uh, covers shit and, uh, pink machines, uh, you know, just more people need to be aware. And that's, that was the other big reason I wanted to get into this was to help promote like my homies, you know, like, sure. I, that, you know, if I could be some, like the end game is I would like to be some kind of like media mogul, if you would, you know, I'd like to have a record label. I'd like to do maybe dabble in some television, you maybe, know, maybe uh, some porn. Oh yeah. Definitely some pornography, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, um, it, th that's the end game for me. That's, that's the goal. You know, I fucking hate the nine to five grind. I'm all about working hard. You know, anything I've fucking ever done, like, I don't care if I was flipping burgers or any, you know, any of that shit. I mean, I try to work the hardest I can at it, you know, but obviously you get to a point where like, what do you want to get out of life? What do you want to do? Um, and, and this is it, man. When I was a little kid, it was all about like playing music. I wanted to draw, uh, for like Marvel and image comics and, uh, and, and, you know, I always had this passion for doing radio. Yeah. And I never went to college for that. Fuck, I went to college for a semester and ended up just dicking around getting high and uh, yelling stupid answers like in music appreciation. They're asking like about the Baroque <laughs> era and I'm like, Slayer? Yeah. <laughs> and been, I, I passed. Been there, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because the professor passed me. She's like, Mr. Wallace, uh, I'm going to, you say some dumb shit in my class, but I'm going to pass you on the premise that you're the only one who interacts and answers. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. Um, you're like, that was my goal the whole time just to, yeah. just to show my creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, man, that's, you know, that's, that's it, man. JP dub, uh, going forward, there's no timetable for that. Like juice pro wrestling is every week. It's every Wednesday. Like we haven't missed a beat in two years. Um, that's hard to uh, do, man. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I thank you. Like I say it's a grind, but uh, it's, 
if you, you just fucking do it, man, you know, and I got a lot going on, you know, like I said, with the band, um, and family and all that shit. Um, but you, you just got to do it, dude. There's no way anybody that's ever been successful is just like, I'm, I'm sick of fucking excuses. If I fail, it's because it's not because I didn't fucking go hard in the paint, you know? Like if I fail, it, it'll be on me for whatever reason it will be, but it won't be for lack of fucking trying and uh, networking and talking to people and trying to just get that brand out there. And I feel like, dude, with uh, Juice Pro, we've been doing that, and I, I'm excited to grow the JP Dub in the same manner, um, and just get different people. To, you know, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to do any just Joe Schmo and no disrespect to anybody, but there's, I have a target audience um, and guests. They want to do. And with the JP dub, it's strictly going to be like interviews, you know? Right. Um, it's like juice pro wrestling, me and threaten will do shit by ourselves. And, you know, there's plenty of episodes where we got somewhat of a format. Uh, it's usually just kind of off the wall shit, but that's how I like to keep it. You know, I like to keep everybody on their toes. Um, but yeah, with the JP dub, it's, it's, it's going to be something that's its own beast. Uh, it, you, people will still be able to find it. Um, on iTunes, it'll be under Juice Pro Wrestling. Um, but yeah, there's three episodes that are out right now. All three of them on are on YouTube, uh, jpdub.com. There's a JP the JP Dub podcast playlist, so everybody can find all three of those interviews on there. And then the Afner one is actually on all podcasting platforms as well. So we're gonna get the first two up there at some point, but. Uh, and like I said, it's just, it's so much shit, bro. I think we got like eight episodes that haven't even seen the light of day yet. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a grind for sure. And I'm excited to kind of see what you have coming out. Cause clearly you're passionate about what you do. You and I are similar in the fact that it's really all about sharing other people's awesomeness, kind of celebrating, yeah. celebrating the creativity, no matter if you're a musician or, or an artist or whatever you do out there in the world that, that is different. Um, I, I support that a thousand percent. So uh, we're going to keep our eyes and ears peeled for the new handsome prick whenever it decides to drop. And of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. excited for you about your uh, finally actually being able to air that 100th episode when you get to do that gig and then all of the cool new shit that we can hear from you on the JP dub. So, uh, Justin, this has been a fucking cool ass conversation, dude. I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and being patient with the amount of time it took to make this happen. But um, <laughs> no problem. Congratulations on all your super badass stuff. So once again, plug all of your sites. Where can everybody find you? What's the best way to interact with you out there in handsome prickland and podcast land? Um, well, you know, we're all about the, uh, well, I'm all about the link trees because it gives everything, but, uh, handsome prick juice pro wrestling, uh, JP dub. We're on everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'd say really the best way to get, uh, in, involved with the prick is on Facebook. Okay. Um, just send, send us a message. You know, you guys can download shit via Spotify and iTunes, but, uh, and Bandcamp. Um, but we do have a big cartel up. Uh, and there's a direct link to that on the handsome prick Facebook page. So if you guys actually want to really support us and buy physical CDs, we got t-shirts, we got hoodies and you can pick up other shit. Like there's, there's some dirty dead vinyl. Brad's got pink machine CDs, poor. I mean, there's a whole plethora that kid's sitting on like a secret stash 
of uh, just killer music that people really need to hear. But uh, yeah, like I said, hands and pricks on everything. Juice Pro Wrestling. I dude, I'm really interactive with that on any platform. If you hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, um, whether you want to DM or comment on any of our shit, I'll respond. Um, or YouTube. I just want to send a quick shout out, real quick, everybody on YouTube that has uh, subscribed. It's it's been nuts in the last couple weeks, bro. Like we went from the beginning of the year to I think getting excited about 300 subs. And then, like a couple weeks ago, it was like, "Oh man, we're we're breaking 500." And now it's like it's 800. You know, it's uh, so we're seeing a lot of growth, and I'm I'm super stoked about that. And the, like I said, the direct link to that is jpdub.com, and you can you can find shit from Juice Pro Wrestling, the JP Dub. Uh, JP Dub is also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and then I'm on Facebook. So if you hit up Justin Wallace or go on youtube and type in juicefuge which for all you out there that don't know what the fuck is up with that that's a play on the uh, danzig 2 album lucifuge absolutely <laughs> yeah awesome. so uh yeah, well, and i'll make sure us. yeah and i'll make sure that uh, we post your links also uh with this interview i'll post them in our show notes as well so you can send those over to me and uh we'll continue to support you here on this side so uh Thank you again, brother. I appreciate this, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you soon out there in podcast land. Yeah! Fucking love this report radio! (laughs) There you go. A truly engaging conversation with one of the most outspoken people in Grindcore. You know, I actually forgot to ask him the origin of his nickname. I'm sure it's because he's juicy. It says so right on the ass of his workout pants. Don't ask me how I know that. And don't forget to subscribe to Misery Point Radio on all the platforms and like and share the pages. Do the same for Justin. He'll appreciate it. And now I'm going to leave you with a dose of brutality from the one and only Handsome Prick. From their second album, Anonymityville, this is Edging with Disaster. Disaster.